Uh, welcome to Legion of Red Up. We're, we're coming back to the boat arc. We're on a boat. We got hungover. We stole some hope juice. We beat up a sphinx. Mm, hope juice. I yeah. guess not all of that is incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so let me give you guys a recap just to show you where we're at, because this is sort of a more mysterious one. You have an hour of time stolen from y'all by a demon or a devil named Turner. Turner took the hour of time from you and used it productively for himself. Uh, you found yourselves in the courtroom with a litigator... Lit- 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 what what stats does a little lit- litigator have? <laughs> is it, is it, is it like a giant a alligator, but like, you know, like baby stats? He was a litigator uh, named uh, Kangaroo, not Jack. His prosecutor, not copyrighted. Prosecutor. <laughs> uh, he was a literal kangaroo. Um, you were in the room with a, a judge in a judge's wig named Judge Barnum, uh, who you told Rick that you had evidence against and were then interrogating him, but you sort of lost your stride mid interrogation. So you came to. You looked around to see what you did during the hour. Muffins found himself stabbed, in which he's still stabbed, uh, and injected with a very serious poison, which the only cure is in the hilt of a dagger. The dagger, which we now learned, is in Sherry's possession. Because she betrayed me. She did not. Somewhere in his throne room, she asked you, after stopping the assassin, if she could have the dagger, and not knowing that there was a deadly, or an antidote in the dagger, uh, I believe someone... Uh, at this time, would say, I don't care, whatever. You know, um, you said that under the trance, we couldn't do anything we wouldn't normally do that wouldn't go against our character. Mm-hmm. I think it goes strongly against our character that we would let Sherry have anything. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she was involved. Food, no, I mean, she, he just said that she asked if she could have the knife. Can you imagine? Okay. Clark goes in his little voice. Hey guys, I just picked up this knife. Do you mind if I have it? Can you imagine Chris not butting in and saying, "Shut up, it's mine now"? <laughs> he was That's true. I think you really just went against all of our characters' motivation. Uh, so she asked Plick Pluck if she could keep it, <laughs> but that's part of the mystery of it all. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and also Plick Pluck, I realized one thing. I gave you a pair of poison daggers, so you currently have three in your possession now yes. because you also got one in the, my first arc. Yes. <laughs> So you just got a bunch of poison daggers now. Better grow a third arm. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, you guys found a sphinx which keyed you in because it sort of it knows things, but uh, only if you answer its riddles. And Plick Pluck also recruited its help uh, in order to use its spell, dispel magic, on a mask that the king was currently wearing. This mask is potentially what's controlling the king and stopping the pegwags from going out into the desert and protecting it like they usually do. So currently, you guys are looking for Muffin's Cure and about to put on a play that Cremwell and Melniwan was recruited for with a, a theater trip known as the Goatees. Is that everything? And he's about, yeah. Yeah, I'm so ready to see this production. I am not at all. <laughs> if, uh, I was hoping it could be renamed a uh, Cramilton, a Renavian musical. <laughs> oh, God. Do we sell Damn more you. tickets? Thanks, I came up with that two weeks ago. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. New Patreon tier. <laughs> Cramilton. <laughs> I'm That's up. our next t-shirt. Yeah, it's going to be a t-shirt. Uh, instead of the silhouette of the guy with his hand up, it'll be Cramwell holding up a beer. <laughs> <laughs> <slumped> over. <laughs> yeah. 
you are all entering the throne room in your various disguises, um, along with the theater troupe. Um, as you enter alongside the troupe, you notice you're being watched by the leery eyes of Pegwagian soldiers on either side of large wooden doors. The interior, as you enter, is ornately decorated by long, multicolored fabrics which hang from the ceiling. And to your left and right is a large rectangular room, or rather, you're in a large rectangular room. From your left to right, you see several pillars, six to be exact, all of which have the history of the Pegwakian people carved into them. So I walk past that, and let my axes actually like, scrape against their history. That's the <laughs> best part. Whatever the best part is, is where I accidentally run into that pillar. Passion of the Pegwakians. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get to that in just a moment. I was going to hold their history hostage, but Chris is like, hey, here's something funny. Uh, okay, so we'll get to that in just a moment. <laughs> Sitting upon a comfortable-looking pillow mountain at the end of the room, in lieu of an actual throne, sits a pegwig with a flowing red robe, definitely much better fed than his cousins, but looking ragged. His feathers what look gray. And despite his impressive size, from what you can see from his face, he's looking pretty gaunt. Upon his beaked face lies an impressive ornamental mask. To his right, the judge from the courtroom seed earlier in this arc, Barnum, uh, who is listening to something the king is mumbling as you're entering. So we are going to go in order. Chris has elected to go first. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, and where, then we have. Where is this musical going to be performed? Right here. Like in front right of them, or is in, there a stage in front of the king? They right are, they, here. They are bringing a stage right now. Yes, but right you're here. getting arrested. We'll right get to that right now. Uh, <laughs> so we're going to go, Chris, uh, and then our turn order is going to be Winston. Then Tony and then Bobby. Uh, so Chris, this musical doesn't come together. I'm going to be so disappointed. <laughs> Chris is making it so it's not happening. <laughs> you So Chris, uh, you let your axe drag along one of these accidentally. Accidentally, <laughs> <laughs> you, you let your axe drag against one of these pillars and leaves a long, jagged scratch. Now instantly. Three to five penguin guards, and I'm just going to go ahead and say five, run up to you. They're just going to... As soon as you do so. Yeah, they are. I feel like uh, Winston could beat up five penguins. Uh, and <laughs> That's the, why I got kicked out of the zoo. <laughs> and uh, the theater troupe, one of the penguin soldiers wearing sort of epaulets, looks at them and is like, Is this guy with you? And they're like, Yes! No, I am an actor! No! No! <laughs> I was acting! That's a fake pillar, Kyle, for deception! <laughs> sure! Stuck pillar. I have a plus five now. You have you have plus for intimidation, uh, not deception. Oh, intimidation, too. Hey, could I assist him? <laughs> because I cast Minor Illusion rendering it so it looks like the history is normal. Okay. Oh, here we go. Uh, yes. I don't know, help yes, that would potentially help. Advantage or something. Okay. Not too shabby. Is that a 4? Is that 18? Wait, I, hold on. But I uh, yes, so you cast Minor Illusion. And I make the wall look as if it was not damaged at all because I want to see this musical. Plus I'm intimidated. I'm not intimidating the guards. It's probably not going to work. And it was an 18. Hey, are you doing a deception or intimidation? Because depending on what you're doing, he can or cannot help. Oh, it's going to have to be a deception. Okay. So what, you got an 18 yeah. plus what? Zero. Zero. 
<laughs> Alright, so... What are you talking about? The wall looks fine to me. And they look at the wall, and they look at you, and they look at the wall once more, and they roll an insight check. It's called acting. <laughs> Is it insight? I, I, I think uh, Minor Illusion has like a legit, it tells you which one. I couldn't find it on my sheet. Oh, yes. So it's, it's going to be, I believe, a perception that keeps getting cocked. It keeps getting cocked. Friday night, am I right? <laughs> All right, so that's a fourteen. Well, spell save DC is fifteen. <laughs> you, you are deceived by a lie. <laughs> we all were. It's called acting. That was Star Wars Episode Three. See, I'm an actor. <laughs> what? I don't think there were any actors a, in that movie. That is a quote. That is a quote in Star Wars. Oh, okay. <laughs> Well, hello there. <laughs> yeah, you ever heard the tragedy from a dog the wise? It's not a story what anyone say would tell you. I, and you I like kill everybody. I hold on I hold on my arms at the like fixed wall and I'm like ta da <laughs> This is getting crazy. No, there's two of them. <laughs> <laughs> General Kenobi. No, this is podcast. <laughs> okay. Tyler, say this. Please take over. Give me the news. Is <laughs> that why? All right. So the um, the goatees are frantically putting up a stage now. Um, and how long does minor illusion last? I don't have any fun. Tony, how long does it last? Yeah. Yeah. Let me pull Tony, you're, you're giggling. Okay, I thought you knew. <laughs> uh, it's not long. I think it's like a minute. That's plenty of time for what I need to do. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you the guards would have walked it? away by now. No. You're going to fix no. it. <laughs> I pull out some Someone's gonna wood notice. boards and nails. It lasts one minute. <laughs> Alright, so I walk. So I, I like go, Excuse me, gentlemen, exit stage bathroom, am I right? And I walk. <laughs> I, take a, I take some parts of the set and I put some curtains up in front of the pillar. <laughs> so, like, it's part of the sort of paint you picture here. <laughs> a bunch of bumbling idiots scrambling to cover up their ass. <laughs> what colors? You love these no. guys. I'd say this one bumble. So, this yeah, is yeah. like if Laura Croft in one of I her famous live action Tomb Raider never movies. Seen walked in, there was a vase there, and she was like, oops, it just bumped into this centuries-old thing. I feel on like purpose. On purpose. <laughs> Whoops! And, and, then cast, and then cast magic to say, no, I didn't, and then had to put a curtain around it to keep the lie alive. Tomb Raider movies are wild. <laughs> if that happened, I would watch that movie. <laughs> Whoops! <laughs> Don't mind this me. It's completely in character for you, right, Murdoch? Just put notes aside. Just break things for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> what is your character? <laughs> what would you like to know? <laughs> yes, we, have to see this, we have to see this damn play. Oh, God, stupid. Right. Um, okay. It's part of the set. So, um, uh, Barnum standing to the right of the king. Uh, the king whispers something in his ear, uh, which sounds awful. And he's like, 
The king wishes you to proceed. Like, proceed putting up the scenery? With the play. Well, the set isn't ready yet. The set is ready. Oh. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) The DM is leaving out crucial information. (laughs) Oh, no. So, the goatees, which are a multiracial acting troop of bards, you see fellow kitlings such as yourself, a few elves, humans, a dwarf, uh, all begin getting on costumes on the back of the stage. The lights dim from the chandeliers on the ceiling, uh, and... The first scene begins. A spotlight goes on to Cramwell as he's getting <laughs> off a boat. On a uh, expertly painted backdrop of a bustling dock, uh, Cramwell is currently dressed in basic peasant garb. Uh, there are three players on the stage. All three of them are dressed in high fashions and wearing expensive-looking, though obviously fake, jewelry. They are playwright players, actors. They look at you expectantly for the first line. <laughs> Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Are any of you from Solaris? <laughs> they look at each other frantically. Uh, uh, peasant, away with you. We haven't the time to deal with a man of your low standing. I shall carry on, my wayward sons. <laughs> they look at each other. <laughs> they look back at you. And then it was like, yes, we are far too rich and wealthy, and far too much to do. And they look at you. <laughs> Back at you, homeboy! <laughs> Clark, while I'm watching this, can I use my night vision to scan the rafters? I heard uh, Sherry was hiding up there with something that would cause me to stop dying. Alright, um, yes. Roll me a perception check. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna saunter up to them as he's oh, on. Oh, let's wait till we do this. At ten. All right. Uh, you can as of this time cannot see Sherry in the rafters. Click pluck. Is there something you want to do? Uh, if I could summon popcorn, I would. <laughs> and Murdar, uh, you are currently outside the throne room as we're peeking in, watching the show. <laughs> okay, so. There's nothing you want to do as of right now. No. Okay. I just want to watch. <laughs> you don't want to. I don't know. <laughs> What's that? The fucking. No. The, they found a piece of the crucifix. You don't want to throw that into a river or something? <laughs> <laughs> ah, the Ark of the Covenant. This is a perfect seat. <laughs> Whoops! Time for you to go meet the Shark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> Into the ocean. <laughs> oh, ah, the Holy Grail, a perfect toilet. <laughs> For sharks. <laughs> okay, so. <laughs> it just continuously throws artifacts into the ocean. That's his thing. <laughs> ah, the Great Pyramid of Giza. Seemed <laughs> to be the deep sea pyramid of Giza. For ah. sharks. <laughs> Ah, the Titanic. It'd be a shame if someone broke you in half and threw you in the ocean. (laughs) A a great cruise ship, in fact. For sharks. (laughs) (laughs) This is all part of the musical. (laughs) So, the third man uh, wearing the purple formal garb uh, looks at you, Cramo, is like, if you want to make a deal, you can't make it with us. Go to the market. I saunter on over to him, and I'm like, 
I whisper into his ear, Listen, dumbass, if you're not going to recite the script, which I assume is smoldering, my script is smoldering by the side of the stage. <laughs> Let it on fire! <laughs> you guys can ease off, and I'll take over from here. <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> so, they look at each other frantically, and, begin, and go to backstage and begin whispering things as the set starts to change. <laughs> <laughs> the second scene a marketplace behind you bustling with commerce some of this is obviously illusionary as it looks like there are actual people talking on the backdrop and moving around slightly and we go to a woman haggling with Cramwell he's like well I can't take your mother's brooch that's far too expensive fine I'll keep it <laughs> 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 she's like even after that tragic story of you accidentally killing her fine you can have it <laughs> for the right price this is like improv 101 it's, this is fantastic hey, you're gonna sell me some gas right now <laughs> Well, what you're asking for it is too much. <laughs> 30 billion gold is not that much for a lowly merchant like yourself. <laughs> Kill me. God damn it. Alright, so this is scene two. Winston. This is something that Muffins wants to do. I have Spike used his headlight eyeballs to look like a spotlight on the stage. Let's casually go up and look for Sherry. <laughs> okay, hold on. Hold on. Shine spotlight in your So yeah. So the King's course court is like this. They're watching the play and they see a second brighter spotlight <laughs> on Grandma for a split a second, second set of and they slowly spotlights. follow it to the rafters. <laughs> 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 there. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, there do only a perception specs to check for Spike. Perception. <laughs> <laughs> while, they're, while they're like, eyes are going up, I start snapping at him like, hey, 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 <laughs> show's over here. Yeah, uh, he possibly do a performance check to keep the eyes on him. And Spike got a 16. Okay, uh, roll me a sorry, performance 19. check. Wow, I'm crying. I really have to do these. Pull out that trumpet. I really have to roll anything, says Bobby. <laughs> That's a uh, 15. <laughs> okay. So, uh, this is what happens. Um, the, <laughs> the spotlight eyes go to the rafters, and uh, <laughs> for a split second, you see the surprised-looking face of Sherry. <laughs> it's like, uh... We're in the money, and then Cramwell's like, Cramwell's <laughs> <laughs> like, what? He just starts. He snapping. starts snapping and doing what he just says. <laughs> hey, 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 show's over here. <laughs> and then I turn to the merchant lady. I'm like, listen, if you won't buy this for the price I'm asking, I cast doubt upon your family. <laughs> 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 well, I suppose at that price, I guess I can make it work. Great, thanks for the money. I still cast gout. <laughs> oh, God. 30 billion gold. Wow. 
Wow, I'm filthy, stinking rich. I'll never have to go to that stupid island and get imprisoned several times. <laughs> what island? The one we're on. The Desert of the Demi-Lish. <laughs> oh, we did get imprisoned once, I guess. Several times. Oh, twice. I got put in the drunk tank, and then I got imprisoned in the Coliseum, and then I went to hell prison. Wow. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Wait, you're forgetting one. <laughs> Which one of the Bonark? You got in prison at that prison too. <laughs> For jail. <laughs> For jail. Isn't that the subtitle of the sequel, Cranwell the Musical? For jail. <laughs> okay. Now, if the story had gone like this, if somebody had bought my brooch, we wouldn't be here today. <laughs> Piano would play your song. And she starts playing the song. <laughs> if I had 30 billion gold, I wouldn't have gone to jail four times. <laughs> if I had 40 billion gold, I wouldn't be on this stupid stage writing for rhymes. If I had another rhyme, I'd keep going. Wow, is this not Barton? Muffin stands up and begins furious applause. And then he realizes no one else is clapping. No, there's some, so as soon as Muffins does that, there's some confused applause from the court. But the goatees, you, Crabble, you get this from the corner of your eye. You see the entire acting troupe looking at you. It's like, the, the madam's like, he was doing so well earlier. He was reciting the lines perfectly. What happened? Like, like the first scene. It's like rehearsal. Yeah. This is crazy. The guy we met three hours ago and just made be the star out of nowhere is doing a weird job. After the main actor was mysteriously vanished. <laughs> um, and when we told him to practice, he went and had an hour's smoking break. <laughs> so, the scene changes. And Do I need to go now? Yes. Oh, no. Okay. Well, I think I'm still being watched by the guards. Mm-hmm. I sneak backstage, and I try to find perhaps one of those background things of a bush or tree, mm-hmm. or a large rock formation. You find those those uh, those <laughs> branches that the madam gave you earlier? Okay, beautiful. <laughs> I, is there any green paint around? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I sloppily put some green paint on myself and grab those branches. And as the scene changes, I walk out on scene very slowly. <laughs> Why? Hiding <laughs> in plain sight. <laughs> it was an accident. Don't worry about it, Clark. <laughs> oh God. Okay. <laughs> So, the scene changes to a study full of books. <laughs> On the ground is a pentagram painted. And you notice Crabba, a tree watcher on set. Terrific <laughs> in paint. Slo- slowly, as slowly, tree still. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! 
Crabble, you're now alone. There's no one else in the scene besides you and now a fucking tree. It's your big monologue. <laughs> so low, you're that your monologue. <laughs> so, so I walk up to the tree. <laughs> and I, I put my, both, both of my fists on my hips and I say, Wow, tree, I've had one hell of a day. <laughs> Crabble has done this to Gorgar at this point. Yeah, yeah, he obviously knows it's you. You're just you're wearing a moose mask over a green paint with branches in your head with a big axe on your back. Who else could it fucking be? It can't be that stupid. If they had to Hollywoodify this goddamn play, they would realize my study has no trees in it. <laughs> I lean over to click Oh wow, they're really breaking the fourth wall. (laughs) (laughs) Now Kremel says that, and I say... (laughs) He said I did one hell of a day. (laughs) I believe it, Kremel. One of the court talks is like... That tree is fucking talking! <laughs> I'm talking slowly, as trees do! This tree has better characterization than a lot of people I know. It's How so- bizarre is that? This is a D&D world! <laughs> and then, and then some- tree talk? And then someone, someone, in the, someone in the court says, Oh yeah, that checks out! <laughs> <laughs> do you think people saw Pocahontas and they're like, Did that tree just talk? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Tree, if you're going to be in my private study, I'm welcoming you to hear the 100% true story of Samson Amelduan, the man, the myth, the legend. It is a story of love, it is a story of loss, and it is a story of alcoholism. Strong, deep alcoholism. And the piano begins to play. <laughs> well, if I had 30 million dollars. <laughs> My branches shake slightly as the music plays. Uh, well, that huge distraction is happening, can I take an action? I... Stealthily move using the darkness, using the shadows. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty dark in here. And use my spider slippers to climb up the wall to Sherry. <laughs> I imagine he's just walking up the stage right through the study. Who's going to fucking notice? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Romy is still with advantage. We got with 16. Advantage. Okay. You get to the rafters and you see Sherry's up there. Uh, Sherry is watching this performance mouth agape. Uh, so I was hoping she was mouthing all the words. I think. <laughs> uh, she registers you enter and she's like, If I had a million dollars, oh, I love this one. <laughs> What's the, what was the plan here? It doesn't seem like it. Sherry, oh, okay. Uh, on stage whispering, or real whispering. <laughs> Sherry! <laughs> yeah, I just, I, I don't know That's if I can fine. whisper in muffins more, no, so I, I'm in whisper mode. Um, Sherry, I, I, okay, long story short, we basically lost our memories. We don't know what's happening. Please tell me you have the dagger that stabbed me because I'm dying and I need it for a cure. She is, her <laughs> eyes are glued to the stage, but she just hands you the, the knife. Do I know what to do from here with the knife? They said it was in the hilt. 
I look at the health. Uh, yeah. Um, well, you're a pretty mecha- mechanically inclined guy, so after more scene unfolds, which we'll get to in a minute, <laughs> you find that the end of the hilt, which is a round sort of metal piece, untwists, and from inside you can see there's a clear white uh, sort of liquid. I chug it. You do that, and you feel better. The poison in your system dissipates, though you still don't feel particularly good from the whole experience. Yeah, the memories will linger. Yes. She's like, so I was like, he was a backup plan, uh, because you guys said you had some sort of plan to get the mask off the king, mm-hmm. and if I if you fucked up, I was supposed to be here to, like, stab him? Don't worry, the plan is still on, and it involves that chandelier. Cut back to the play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Is there a chandelier <laughs> over the king? There's not directly <laughs> over him. Um, there are several metallic ones that are sitting above where Cranwell is. It's a little f- 15 feet forward and behind. Which are you the king? Do we need to bring no, Jerry just said it's much. pretty strong. He'll survive a chandelier. Or I could roll for non-lethal chandelier. We're trying to bring the king to the Sphinx. Is that what, the point? What was your question, Chris? So, lean forward. As a matter of fact... Um, uh, on your turn, uh, which is after Muffins' turn, click plug, uh, you intercept a message in your brain. Um, and the message says, Hey, look to your right. I look to my right. In there you <laughs> can see... Lost Tony 15 minutes ago. <laughs> in there you can see a sphinx wearing a lampshade. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. <laughs> Behind one of the pillars... Uh, you see one of her massive paws give you a little wave. He's like, God. I'm so ready. <laughs> <laughs> I so give him the fucking okay symbol. <laughs> this scene is just getting more ridiculous by the minute here. Moving on! I, I had, For a couple I, moments, I was the world's youngest man. <laughs> <laughs> I was born to my mother then, and my father, and for a short time we were happy. We lived in a small town called Small Townerson. <laughs> Believe it or not, it is way out there, don't go looking for it. <laughs> we lived on a farm, much like, like most of the people around there. It was a farm colony, like most farm colonies are. And uh, I, was, uh, I was the youngest... Man of the farm colony, but near my age, there was a young woman. I met her, and we 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 enjoyed a good time. We we farmed. We 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 rode horses together, like farm colony people do. <laughs> okay. Until uh, is this Carmel's actual backstory? <laughs> well, I'm finding out soon. <laughs> Until I, until my father got elected town judge, he said, Samson, he said, Samson, this is going to be a lot of stress upon the household. I expect you to hold your end. And I said, Father, you're going to be disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) Now, the lady I met, we'll call her Lena, for her name was Lena. (laughs) We were young, we were hopefuls, we were in love. And she looks at me and she said to me, I'm going to be a bard one day. And I said, being a bard is stupid. I would never do that. 
<laughs> and she says to me, she says to me, no, I'm not going to be a lame bard. I'm going to go to the College of Swords. And I said, through some verbal irony and some ironic foreshadowing, at least you're not going to the College of Satire, where all good dumbasses go. <laughs> <laughs> I hope someone makes an animation of this. <laughs> Wait, what? is this still on the study with the tree? Yes! <laughs> Murdar is just listening to a monologue at him. The sky is open for months. Not a cloud in sight. My family was squash farmers. <laughs> and unfortunately, her family were corn farmers. Due to the lack of rain, there was no corn for her family that season, so there was no way she was going to afford going to the College of Swords. <laughs> so, we took up a new hobby. We went from farm to farm stealing chickens. <laughs> <laughs> a few days later, we would take the chickens not from the farms we stole, but from the other farms we stole from and sold them to each other. <laughs> <laughs> so the squash farmers got the corn farmer's chicken, the corn farmers got the soybean farmer's chicken, and the gold farmers got the corn farmer's chicken. The gold farmers, <laughs> the gold farmers are probably better off than the other one. <laughs> the corn farmer's chicken. <laughs> well, what about the corn farmers? What are they get? I don't remember. That was so very, very long ago. It was per example. We were very smart about chicken theft. And we were almost there. She was 200 gold from being able to afford a semester at the College of Swords. We were going to make our biggest break ever. We were going to steal a whole cow. <laughs> We were halfway out the gate before the coppers found us. <laughs> coppers? Yes. They doubled as the royal guard for small townership. <laughs> we found ourselves in court due to my father being the judge. He found me innocent, which I found completely unfair as I found my lady burned at the stake. Oh, God <laughs> damn it. I was filled with rage. Yeah, that's dark, dude. Holy shit! This is gonna cut! <laughs> filled with a red hot boiling rage. Get me the wood set! I want the wood set! Oh, they, uh, they're like, uh, uh, get me another tree, bridge! <laughs> we need more trees up here! <laughs> okay, so the, the scene quickly changes, and the, 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 the roadies in the back are like, uh, and they, they go to set seven of the play, which was a forest. <laughs> so I went to the woods. And I went back to the small town. Get me my house set! <laughs> they quickly switched into the, back to the house. <laughs> and out, out comes your, your family, <laughs> your mom and your dad. It was late at night. Go to bed, but only one of you. Spoilers. <laughs> okay, so your dad starts walking off the stage. I stole towards my parents' bedroom, filled with rage. I was going to slay my father for slaying my lady. In fact, I had his gavel in tow for added irony. 
So I went into his bedroom, I took the pillow, and put it over his head, and I just went ham with that thing. Oh, God! Blood, guts, gray matter everywhere. It wasn't until five minutes later till he arrived in the bedroom. My dear sweet mother was dead. I had killed her. I went into a deep depression. Deeper than most seas. So, tears streamed down my face as I ran. Samson, Samson, how could you do this? You were supposed to kill the other parent. What were you thinking? Your mother's the good one. Your father's the judge. (laughs) So I found the nearest cliffside, and under it a deep gulch. This was it for old Samson. I jumped. I thought, perhaps... The stalactites would get me, but unfortunately <laughs> I missed them. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> Tyler, what was that? Hold on. What was that, Tyler? Because they were in the air. Because they were hanging from the ceiling. <laughs> so you missed the stalactites. <laughs> I hadn't considered it. <laughs> and as I fell deeper and deeper into the water, I dropped into an Atlantean bubble. I met up with a crayfish. Well, head of a crayfish, <laughs> body of a man. Okay. What the? Can we cut to one of the other characters? Okay. Uh. It doesn't have to be me, but I feel like like someone has to put the uh, abrupt stop, stop to it otherwise. Unless you have more. Oh, I have more. Oh, never mind. Um... I guess we're just gonna vamp this until we're out of vamping. Keep I, going. Because I just thought it'd be funny if you just in the background of like people doing the quest, you hear Crample continuing. <laughs> yeah. So, do you guys want to do something while this is happening? I mean, Verdara uh, uh, is currently stuck. <laughs> Exit stage left. <laughs> Pretend it's part of it. Oh no no! Now I'm deep in this. Oh, the character starts singing. He's the main character. I'm not singing. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I mean, it has to be in. Fucking like reference to the play. I can't just start. Oh yeah, it'd be crazy if someone right, just so went so off. Someone starts going on steel drums. I'll say something and Grandma sets it up. Uh, so he uh, he's talking to a crayfish. What's the crayfish say? The crayfish looks at me and he says, "In his obvious speech impediment, welcome to the deep sea empire." <laughs> 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 Land of the sea people. Chris is You're not on land anymore. <laughs> you're not in the sky. <laughs> now you're in the sea. <laughs> but not with me. <laughs> You killed your mom! <laughs> it was messy! <laughs> now you're home! <laughs> in the deep blue sea! <laughs> oh god! Only a performance check went on. Hey! That was a nat 20! Six. Unless I have, I don't know what happened. You hear the guy in the court say, "Who the fuck gave me the tree?" It's over. 
trying to accomplish the quest. The only thing that I could do is look at the Sphinx and, like, <laughs> give her the nod that the king is, like, right over there. Yeah, okay. Uh, you do that, and she nods, and she says, just say when, to your brain. Okay. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so the crayfish man and his spiny arms covering his confused mouth told me I was in the East East Empire, which is obviously what he meant to say. <laughs> And so I tell him, give me a tour of this deep sea empire. Quotes. Quotes. <laughs> Everyone saw the quotes. This is obviously a visual medium now. I thought you could hear it. There was a bit of tone to it. <laughs> yeah. So he grabs me by the hand, which I don't like when people touch me, but I allowed it because I was confused about this poor speech impedimented man. <laughs> It's a crayfish head. <laughs> With a crayfish head. This is normal, yeah, continue. And he says, my name is Crayodile. And he takes me into the town, <laughs> which has beautiful <laughs> castles. Shiny, shimmering sea skyline. It was no night because it was underwater. <laughs> what? <laughs> that doesn't make any goddamn sense. <laughs> And he dragged me into the throne room, and he said, You, sir, you should meet our prince. And I saw the king, tears in his eyes, big clam head, and he cries to me, and he says, I, my name is Clamerson. It's a pleasure to meet you. I just found out today that my son, after running away from home, trying to learn the land of the land walkers... Got himself killed. <laughs> Goddamn Birdman. <laughs> if only he could have stopped this. <laughs> like, fuck, that's you. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> what can you keep going. <laughs> what, are you, what are you getting at here? I think I know where this is going. <laughs> he gets down on his hands and knees and he says... Clamwell! <laughs> Why can't you come home? <laughs> but Clamwell couldn't come home, for he was in hell. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Clamwell is from a Plickbox origin episode, which people might hear, well, have heard by now. Yes, they uh, would if it's coming after the Port Peril arc. Yeah, uh, enjoy that, so you get to meet Bobby's two characters meet each other. <laughs> I guess. Oh, they never meet Clamwell's long dead. <laughs> okay, never mind. I thought it was a flashback to... Alright, anyway. And I, Samson and Meldwan, have hatched a wonderful plan. Dead Prince... Great name, great location. I have a new title. So I swam up to the top of the bubble. And I said, later, sea losers. <laughs> Not see you later. 
Fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> you, I, you don't hear my comment, but you hear Kramer turn to the audience and suddenly just say, fuck off. Why? <laughs> and I reached the shore and I, I, I took on my new name so I could be a new man. No longer a mother killer. No longer a coward chicken thief. I was Cromwell Amel Noir of the East East Empire. <laughs> Holy fuck. Wow. Title thief. And fake prince. <laughs> so I found my way to dry land and I thought, you know what would be great? Wandering aimlessly for a few days. Now I can truly find myself a second time. And then you get to when did you get to water deep? Water who now? <laughs> Carry <laughs> on. When did you go to Barca? <laughs> yeah, Barca. <laughs> I'm actually getting there right now. Oh god damn it, it keeps going. Can we cut to the ceiling right before we go to Barca? <laughs> so as the scene change. Sherry Sherry is, is consistently looking between the scene that's going on on the stage and back at Muffins, who's now next to her, looking for any sort of reaction. What is on Muffin's face during all this? Don't worry, it's all going according to plan. Okay, Sherry, I'm going to need your help. You see the chandelier hanging closest to the king? Uh, she looks at it and she slowly nods. Uh, how close is that to the king? Uh, that's a good 15 feet between you and the chandelier. There's a secondary chandelier, which is another 15 feet ahead. And then 15 feet ahead of that one is the king. So a good 45 feet in front of the stage. Okay, so the rafters aren't connected to the chandelier. No, the rafters aren't connected to the chandelier. You can tell that there's two sets of rafters, one that's nearer to the entrance and one that's nearer to the throne. Okay. Okay, Sherry, this is going to be a little complex. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to hand you my spider sneakers, and then, because you're stronger than me, let's face it, then you're going to pick me up. We're going to walk across the ceiling to that chandelier. Uh Uh-huh, got it. Yeah, I follow. Okay, that's step one. This is whispered the chandelier. Oh, whisper. we're all whispered. <laughs> <laughs> we are going to stealthily start rocking that bad boy back and forth. We're going to get a little thrust going. You see, I used to be a scientist. Use my physics skill. And then we're going to rock it using both of our muscles while we are still upside down. That will be the hard part. Uh. No, we're, don't worry. This is the easy part. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is rocking. Where I will then use my magic, I put air quotes, mm-hmm. to encast enlarge on the chandelier using the <laughs> physics. I will then, I will then cast, pardon me, I got my spells reversed. I will cast Thunder Wave, shattering the chandelier, sending it flying towards the king using my physics skill. I will then cast enlarge as it descends, <laughs> making it twice the weight and size that it is. <laughs> Then it will hit the king and the treacherous judge, rendering them inept. And, <laughs> you know, the goal. Right. Yes. <laughs> okay. As we discussed. <laughs> that is exactly none of that I, I remember, but I will follow your lead. Uh, and uh, she takes off her shoes. Uh, so. I hope you're a size two. <laughs> <laughs> she puts them on her big toes and they grow the size of her feet. Okay, um, here's a rope. She ties you to her back so you don't fall off. Alright, well, here we go. Alright, 
Back to the stage. <laughs> <laughs> so there I was, wandering aimlessly through the woods when I approached a bar. I had never seen one of these things in real life, because farm colonies don't have any sort of entertainment. <laughs> I was so excited to see a public meeting place for the first time in my life that wasn't a courthouse that killed your lover. <laughs> <laughs> that I tripped and fell into some brush. Okay. And when I did that, I got some brush all over my clothes and in my hair. You can see I still haven't gotten it out. <laughs> Wait a minute. The thorny crowd is its just garbage that you've kept there forever? It's brush. You know, twigs and, 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 and thorns and, and poison ivy. It's another quote where we don't hear Clark, but we hear Crap while suddenly question on stage. <laughs> okay. So I got out, up, brushed myself off, tried to get it out of my hair, it just wouldn't come. And I uh, made my way into the bar. This is where I discovered alcoholism. <laughs> <laughs> then you I, hear a trombone in the back go, wah, wah, wah. I spent what was left of my remaining family fortune on alcohol, and I ended up in that bar for six to seven years. <laughs> or months, I don't remember. Eventually, a young man came up to me and he said, Hey, loser, you only hang out in the bar. Why don't you go to college to get a J-O-B? I'm illiterate, so I don't know what he was spelling. <laughs> But I did take his advice and found the local cheapest university, the College of Satire. The University of Phoenix. The University of Phoenix. I made my way in and I walked up to them and I said, Hey, I have no money. I spent it all on liquor. I told them my life story and they said, Wow, a diversity student. We'll give you full ride. <laughs> Don't worry, we're accredited. <laughs> we swear. One nonsense adventure later, and I was part of a sex cult. <laughs> What's the least sexy sex cult? <laughs> the cult of Jonathan Fitzgerald Kennedy. <laughs> Wait, that was a sex cult? Yes. Why do you think I was often dressed as Marilyn Manson Monroe? <laughs> we have no background for that. Who is that? Well, she's like, uh, you know, like uh, somebody who has sex with Jonathan Fitzgerald Kennedy yes. and nobody brings up at any point because it's uncomfortable to think of your president's infidelity. <laughs> Until the 90s! <laughs> oh. oh, oh god. That's when I. It's the 90s! <laughs> you know, it's after the 80s. <laughs> oh! And before the 90s. The naughties? Yeah, that's what the 2000s are called. Oh, yeah, but oh. when he says naughties, he puts his finger playfully in his mouth. <laughs> oh god. Now I led that sex cult into being a pure, only slightly sexual cult. And we entered <laughs> a wonderful land I call Water. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, actors, get back up here. We can tell the story you wanted to tell. I just needed to give the background. 
I start slowly clapping as trees do. <laughs> Crumble. If a tree claps in the forest and no one's around to hear it. Crumble. It sounds like that this. was... Just leaves clapping. Crumble, it was some of the most incoherent babble anyone has ever heard. Roll me a performance check and see if people buy it as performance. <laughs> that is a... 22. <laughs> Tears coming from everyone's eyes or clapping. You know, it's like those one those one man play things where everyone's just monologuing at an, an oh, audience. So off Broadway, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> the woman says, "Your madam says, oh, okay. Well, we are now uh, going to be continuing on with the performance after a brief intermission. We're gonna be right back." Uh, and muffins as she's saying this. Intermission! A tree starts saying Muffins, you are now in position. The stage lights are about to come on. <laughs> as intermissions usually do, I'm a big theater buff. Sherry, we have to act now! <laughs> and she was like, I don't want to see any more acting ever again. <laughs> As uh, you cast Thunder Wave against... Well, we start, first start rocking the chain back and forth. Okay, yes. We can say that that was happening during the show, because I like the visual of everyone who starts <laughs> crying during this monologue, and in the background you see these shadowy figures just rocking this giant chandelier. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so you're rocking the giant chandelier from the ceiling upside down, and you shoot a thunder wave as the chandelier pops off its hinges and goes fucking screaming towards the king. And and it changes to eight times its weight and twice its size, being now 30 feet across with my brain. Towards the spill. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and you do that, and this massive chandelier comes crashing down on the king and his judge. Oh, and his legs just got repaired. And his legs just got <laughs> repaired. He got off crutches yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll find out what happens next week. I believe you don't oh, no! Thank you for listening to the Legion of Renob Season 3, Episode 47. I that is- am Tim the Toolman Taylor, <laughs> and this is my co-host as always. Listen to Scooby-Doo Zombie Isle and now on our Patreon to kind of get that joke. But not <laughs> really right. It doesn't make Tim any sense in context. Taylor. And coming in is Tony as Tim the Drool Man Taylor. And <laughs> I'm going to snap my whip. I'm Tim the Cruel Man Taylor. <laughs> God. I like to say Clark the Fool Man Taylor, but uh, <laughs> apparently I like Cruel Man Taylor better. <laughs> um... Okay, Man. well, thank you for giving... I don't know if we have any shout-outs. Oh, we have plenty of shout-outs. <laughs> um, yeah, so thanks for listening. I believe this is our uh, The Cleric's monologue episode. So I hope you enjoyed <laughs> that as that happened. 
Wait, which one is this one? This is the one that Cramwell talks about his past for like a I solid half that. hour. I love that one. Oh, That's my favorite. I waited for it for so long. Oh, the musical. <laughs> uh, so I hope you liked it. I'm sure Bobby enjoyed doing it. And we have... Oh, I know he did. Some shoutouts, but real quick before the shoutouts, if you're listening to us and you enjoy our stuff, please give us a five-star review on iTunes. We, that helps us. It does. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And it's a bit of your time that you'll never get back. But <laughs> a five-star review on iTunes puts us out there, and then we get other friends who can add Just to our growing rank money. of legionnaires. So please, <laughs> go do that. Thank you. All right. The first shout-out goes to Chris! <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not reading it. Uh, we actually read this before, but we lost the audio, so it might sound a little familiar to us. <laughs> um, I can read it, because Chris is a coward. Nice! I've done so many of this bullshit. <laughs> Sorry for not sending a letter. Sorry, I'm trying to do a Chris impression while I read it. Hi, uh, Dad. No, please, allow me. Allow me, Winston. You should definitely get the last one. <laughs> feel like that's up more up your alley. Yeah, yeah. Hi, Dad. Sorry for that sending your letter for so long. <laughs> the most recent job was a pain in the ass. We had to kill off some wizard lord who had ties to a very dangerous cleric. It was very simple <laughs> to kill off the wizard lord, Oral. <laughs> the pain was when we had to deal with Anal. <laughs> we don't know much about Anal, but apparently the androgynous spellcaster has some daddy issues and has some beef with you. After some intrusive torture, I mean interrogation, we found out that Anal <laughs> works for the high cleric. <laughs> Hopefully you won't have much trouble dealing with Adel on your journey. Your son, I have the face. <laughs> I'm actually way more comfortable listening to this with Dragon Face's Kirk, voice. Eric Clark's Dragon Face is like one step away from Cookie Monster. <laughs> P.S. Me, Hodar, Bukaki, and a friend of mine are coming over to the Endless Desert to combat this problem. Hopefully we can meet each other someday on our quests. Oh. Chris thoughts? That's never gonna happen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now, now, he just meant... <laughs> he, he just mentioned Hordar, Bukaki, and a friend of mine. Now, what, what could that name be? Please write in, I has no face for it. <laughs> I look forward to your response. Uh, can't wait, uh, can't great. Tony, um, Tony, do you want to read the next one? This tweet? Oh, yeah, this is from uh, Desidious. I believe that's how you pronounce that name. My that's favorite Desidious. Kingdom Hearts character. Uh, <laughs> at Legion Red, I'm really enjoying the show. Got to love when your enemies are stuck between a duck and a hot place. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> they were, I assume he's referring to hell. <laughs> one of the many. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Uh, Jacob wrote in, uh, a while back, so, uh, one of our fans requested that all all of our fans submit their the worst thing their D&D parties have ever done. Oh, yeah. We've, we got our first response. Yes! Yes, yes, yes. And it's a doozy. It made me laugh out loud when I read it. Um, if, uh, yeah, if anyone else has the most entertaining and worst thing your party's done, please write in. LeisureRenob at gmail.com And I will again preface, funny evil, please. Yeah, you guys know. You know. (laughs) Do they? You know. (laughs) If they they don't know, then we won't read it. 
That's sure. fair. Hey, hey, LOR crew. Long-time listener, second-time emailer. I am answering the summons of a legionnaire from a few episodes. He challenged us to relate our most evil D&D stories, so I figured, why not tell mine? Me and a few friends were playing a one-shot where our party was assembled by a desperate king whose daughter had been kidnapped by a band of goblins. We were hired to save her. As we went and, and entered the cave lair of the goblins, several of the party were killed, and we came to a fork in the path. Arbor... Arbor... Jeez. Ar... Barber... Arian... <laughs> our barbarian and I used the corpse of our teammate as a dowsing rod to pick a direction <laughs> <laughs> and promptly abandoned the party. We went about 30 feet into the cave when the barbarian was mercilessly slaughtered by the orcish leader of the goblin horde. I, being brave and dedicated to the team, deserted the mission and joined the orc. <laughs> I then helped eradicate the rest of the party one at a time, letting them be overwhelmed by goblins, sometimes smacking them around a bit. <laughs> I <l> <laughs> I left two of them unconscious and piled up all the bodies and set them on Ooh, fire. <laughs> in, the, in this way, I began my life of crime to later be the widely you know, known... Some people start with, like, you know, shoplifting, <laughs> maybe a little bit of, like, you know... <laughs> in this way, I began my life of crime to later be known as the widely, or the widely known crook Hunter Swuggleplif. <laughs> That's a good name. And that is the evilest thing I've done in D&D. I realize this is a bit long for an outro. Oh, don't worry about it. It was great. But if all you guys get a laugh from it or two, that's fine with me. Thanks for being the thing that keeps me sane through many monotonous days. P.S. Muffins is the best. P.P.S. The Holy Flamethrower should totally get strapped to Spike's back. Ooh, well, I like You know, um, we're recording uh, Season 4 right now, huh? Anything's possible. Maybe it's going somewhere else. We'll figure it out. <laughs> I love that idea, and thank you so much for writing in. Yeah. Um, we have two la two last things. We have a brand new shirt on legionrev.com slash shop. It's Chris's, Chris's fabulous catchphrase. And we're back. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, a great shirt. I kind of want to buy it, but I'm poor, so. <laughs> we also on the Discord have Chris's conspiracy corner. Yeah, we have a whole new server on the Discord that is just for conspiracies. Chris, if you ever want to get in the Discord, now's the time. <laughs> just preface: don't turn into a bunch of Alex Joneses, please. Just, just they're, they're joke conspiracy. <laughs> yes. Legion ran up, we're turning the freaking frogs gay. They're stealing our dicks! <laughs> <laughs> the frogs are stealing our dicks! <laughs> oh, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode, and we will see you next week. Keep it floppy! <laughs> Don't turn the frogs gay. <laughs> oh, shoot, were we supposed to be recording? Hey, this is Clark with the Legion of Run Up here with our uh, time twisty. <laughs> God damn it, Chris! You said you'd lean forward and you have not done so. Motherfucker! <laughs> okay. <laughs>
Hey man, these are Oreo fins. Sponsored by Biggie. <laughs>